Yes, Jesus. You have our full attention, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Can we bring the lights up just a little bit? Worship team, stay there, please. Melissa, I'm not going to keep you playing the keyboards. <laughs> last, last Sunday, she was going, my fingers are hurting. <laughs> uh, but hey, y'all, um, before people have gotten up to bring the word, folks have been getting healed and folks have been getting saved in recent weeks. I'm so aware of the tangible presence of the Lord. He's always there, but when we come in unity to lift his name up, boy, he comes with his blessings in such a powerful way. Is there anybody here, uh, I'm not going to ask you to give a big testimony, but is, is anybody here already this morning been healed by the Lord? You just know that something has happened in your body or in your soul and you've received some healing right there. Come on, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Rejoice with the Lord. Anybody else? Yep. Right back there in the back. One more. Come on. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Right back there in the back. Another one. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Right over there. Thank you. Welcome. God bless you. Hallelujah. This is going to continue on. Because the closer we get to heaven in our worship and praise, the more heaven comes down into earth. Right? And there's not going to be any sickness or injury or brokenness in heaven. We're going to be whole. So as we worship, he is enthroned on the praises of his people. Amen? Hey, you know, I, lived, I grew up living by the train tracks on Washington Street. My friends would come and, 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 uh, and spend the night with me. And they'd go, how do you sleep in the night? And I'd go, what are you talking about? I said, that train came running through. You just get used to it. This next word is for somebody else. You have known about God. You have known about Jesus for a long time. And you have felt his tug on your heart. But this morning during worship, it's been so real to you that there's a knocking at your heart's door that says, let me in and let me create you in a new way. Be born again today. There's somebody in here, I believe, that's in that, 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 that scenario. And I want to warn you, don't walk out of here uh, knowing that he's knocking on that door because it can be just like the train with me. You can get used to that knock and not hear it as clearly. Today it's very clear. So if it's very clear to you today that today is the day of your salvation, that you need to trust Jesus and follow him with the rest of your life, I want you to wave your hand and say, that's me. Anybody? Anybody? He's here to meet you. Don't walk out of this room today without saying yes to him. Amen? Don't you love our worship team? Y'all? Hey, I'm going to do something kind of spontaneous, Jake. <laughs> hey, y'all, you can stop now, Melissa. I'll give your fingers a, a rest there. Uh, yeah, last Sunday she played the whole service long. <laughs> you had to resolve it, didn't you? <laughs> so, uh, Jake, um, you guys were gone this past weekend, right? Actually, just how you had something. 
Okay, I'm going to do Jake first. All right, you got, Josiah's got a word for me. Anybody got a helmet? <laughs> Just kidding. All right, so Jake, um, I noticed out of the team you got up here, you're the only one that was off this past week. So you're giving everybody else a break, but you're not taking a break, except you didn't, you didn't sing so much. You didn't have to sing. Stay by the mic, because this is a bit of a spontaneous interview. All right. right. (laughs) So we got his voice. (laughs) Corey's back there dying laughing. You got Jake. Can can you tell us tell us what y'all did last week? The we don't have the full band up here. I know some of them are out there in other places. But what did you do last weekend? Last week we had a team travel to Nashville, Tennessee, to lead worship for um, Christian Veterinary Missions CE conference. So it was a CE conference, and their their slogan is. A different way to CE, meaning there's a huge Christian emphasis, a huge mission emphasis, and a huge worship emphasis. So we led worship four different sessions. How many folks were at that conference? A thousand. And where were were you? The Gaylord. The Gaylord yeah, Opryland. Opryland Resort. Yeah. And uh, how many days? How long were we there? Four days. And yeah. and and did they really engage in worship? Yeah. So. Um, we did it during breakfast and lunchtime, and we thought, oh, we'll just be some nice background music. But at the first day, as soon as we started, people were like, okay, worship. And they stood up and just jumped in there and started. Working. So they're sitting at tables, and when y'all yeah. started leading, everybody just stood up and Didn't even ask them. entered in. Yeah. Wow, isn't that awesome? Yeah. So these, where did these uh, veterinarians and students come from? All over the country. All and over. some cross internationally. It really? Mm-hmm. Did you make some good connections there? Great connections, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you foresee that more is going to be coming from this? Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, have you already gotten invitations to go to other we veterinary have. options mm-hmm. we sure have. around the states? Around the states, possibly internationally. Maybe so. Okay, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Isn't that exciting? Okay, let's let's give God praise and thanksgiving. All right, y'all can go sit down and just uh, do your thing. Brent, you might get a chance. Uh, This word is for you, Dad, but I think there's probably others that it applies to as well. But I was just thinking about... Obviously, I've been stuck in that story with Israel in the wilderness for a while. And... um, they were there for a while, but I've been also stuck in that story for a while. And I'm thinking about Caleb and how he responded. Caleb and Joshua, they both said, we need to go take the land. But then they got stuck in the wilderness with the rest of the people that having to wait until everybody else died off so they could go into the land. And I feel like the Lord's saying that you've been in a season where he's given you that vision like Caleb and like Joshua. You've been in a season where God has spoken things to you for this house, for this body, and for this city. And he's given you that vision, but you've actually been been stuck in a wilderness because of other people's inability and lack of faith. And so God is raising you up now. You have been, you're in a place now where just like Caleb, 40 years later, he goes to Joshua and he calls to account what God said to Moses. And he says, Joshua, you and me, we told Moses that we could take the land. We told the people we could take the land, but we got stuck in the wilderness. You and I are the only ones left. He's 80 years old, but he had been strengthened in the Lord. He had been enduring what everyone else had to endure. Everyone else died off, but he was 80 
years old and he is strengthened in the Lord. And then he goes to, to Joshua and he says, I want the part that still has fortifications. And I want the part that still has giants. And that's who you are. God is giving you a vision and you're going to lead us. We are your tribe. We're with you. And we're going to go into what you're calling us into. We're going to charge the gates and they can't stand against us because we've been given all power and authority. And what we bind in heaven is going to be bound on earth. What we loose in heaven is going to be loosed on earth. But that's the authority that you have. That's the calling you have. And so I'm saying right now, I'm all in on the vision that the Lord's giving you. And I think that's for some other people here too. Oh boy, I received that, Lord. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Paige. Man, thank you, Jesus. Y'all, um, last week I saw a picture in social media somewhere, and I can't remember what was said with it, but I can tell you what the Lord said to me. It was a picture of a cruise ship, and under it was a battleship. And I felt like the Lord was saying, what kind of church are you? Are you there for entertainment of those that happen to be on the ship? Are you on there to do battle? We, we're singing this song. This is how I fight my battles. And I just, I know that what God's been doing in recent weeks is he's been releasing us and mobilizing us to be able to pray for one another and to stand with each other and to go out in the name of Jesus and see his kingdom advance. Amen. Uh, I wanted to highlight this to us right now. Before the kids go out, I want the kids to get this too. A one word that was spoken over us uh, early on when we moved into this location, someone said, uh, New Horizons will be like a hospital on an on a Air Force base. That it'll be a place where people get healed and, and, and get touched and get prepared to go back out into the front lines. And so he was going to be bringing to us people that needed healing and they would get uh, restored and sent back out. And y'all, uh, that's, that's been the case here. Uh, I, I use the term a healing church in a hurting world. That's what God's wanting to do. But y'all, if we don't recognize that we're on a battleship, this is what I, I felt like the Lord was saying today, that, that, that you can get sucker punched by the enemy. If you think that we're on a cruise ship and we're, we're getting entertained, then you won't be looking for the punch that the enemy has for you. And I believe that some folks in here have been getting sucker punched by the enemy. And I'm just saying no more. We will not have that in this house in the name of Jesus. We won't have it in our community across the body of Christ. We're going to wake up to the call that God has on each one of us individually, from the very youngest to the very oldest. God's call is on us to be warriors in the kingdom. Amen? In the last few weeks, in the last couple of months, I, I get calls from people all around the world, all of different places in the States, all around the world, and most of the time it's leaders that are struggling. And I would say in the last couple of months, it's increased tenfold. Leaders are under attack, 
And I know that that means that the body is under attack too. But you've got to have your eyes open. Recognize you're on a warship. If you recognize that, you won't get sucker punched. And some folks are struggling with some things that you need to rebuke in the name of Jesus. There's, there's some brokenness in folks right now that, that could receive some healing if you recognize where that, that brokenness is coming from. So that's kind of the word. Uh, I, I, I want to call you back to some foundations. Jake, I wanted Jake to share that story because, y'all, this property that we're on right here was given to me back in like 2005 or 2006 before we had a New Horizons Christian Fellowship. And the man that gave it to me was the old, older gentleman, veterinary doctor for this whole community. He'd been around for a long time. He had a, a dairy, but he, he serviced this whole community in the veterinary community. And he called me to his office. Y'all, I'd prayed over this property for six months every day. Uh, asking God to, I said, I don't know who owns it, but Lord, would you provide something for us here? And he called me up about six months into that prayer. And he said, are you needing some property for your ministry? Remember, New Horizons wasn't even around then. I went to see him and he put his finger on a map right on this property. He said, the property I'm talking about is right here. I want to give this to you. And he said, here's his son, who was a banker, was there. And he said, you better ask him how much he wants for it, Johnny. I said, I ain't got any money. How much do you want for it? And he sat up in his chair and looked at me with tears in his eyes. And he said, Johnny, if you will build something on this property that will serve your international ministry, what you're doing around the world, and would serve the body of Christ in the city, drawing us all together as one, and would minister to the next generation coming up, to, to whatever God's called them to. If you'll build a facility on that, I will give you that property. He was a veterinarian. And when Jake is giving me the report about going to the Christian Veterinary Mission National Conference, I thought, this is a fulfillment of everything that Dr. Josie had said in giving us this property. And, and y'all, his family at Dr. Josie's funeral gave me the rest of the property all the way up to the corner. And we, we closed the mission organization. We said, New Horizons is basically a mission organization. We're sending folks out. We're going to be true to that. And can you believe that now they've got opportunity into Christian veterinary mission all over the place? Now, here's what I believe the Lord is saying to us in this. You know, Roy, you're here. We went to Guatemala together just a couple of months ago. I got back from that, and Debbie and I went to Australia. And while we were in Australia, Donald and, and Mary Bob and Brent, <clears throat> two of our elders, and really three, Mary Bob too, they, they were down in Honduras serving. And, 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 and we all came back to send Tim and Timothy, two other elders, to Japan. They're right there now in Japan. Uh, and this past week, I, I got a call from a missionary base that asked for me to come up and be with them. And I got David Purvis and Clint Eves, and they both jumped in with me. And, and we went up to, to a base, and we gave two days into them, praying for them. And God did incredible stuff there. I, I'm just telling you, 
This is happening. This is a battleship. This is a hospital that, that uh, is meant to be seeing people sent out around the world, right? The reason we don't have a whole lot of folks in here right now is because they're out there doing it, right? They're empty seats because they're out there, and that's our calling. We're going to build another building on the end of this. This was built in faith. The next one's going to be a gymnasium multipurpose building for the next generation. It's called Hope. And there's going to be one more out in that field that will be a pavilion that will hold about 400 people. It'll be the greatest of these. <laughs> What's it called? Love. Faith, hope, and love. We're on a journey, y'all. Stick to your assignment. Recognize we're in a battle. Don't let the Satan sucker punch you. Amen? So this week, we've got an opportunity to not just go overseas, but to bring overseas into this room. Uh, when we have the international banquet, y'all, listen to me. Here's your assignment. Listen carefully. Sign up to provide some extra food for that banquet this Friday night. Go online, sign up for it. Where do they do that, Hannah? Scan the link there and you can, you can find it. That Rob right there. And, and please sign up to bring extra food. Clint Eves, is, is, uh, the East family, <laughs> is, is cooking 12 turkeys and dressing. And they're going to have some string bean casserole and some macaroni and cheese. And we need everything else. Okay. I'm expecting this room to be packed with people. It's gone out to all the international students at Mississippi State. We've already got some responded. But we not only need your food, we need your presence. And we need your presence strategically. Don't come in here to a, to a cruise ship. Come in to a battleship. And you have strategic conversations with these international students. They'll be from countries all around. And, uh, hey... Kids, y'all can go ahead and go on out. I, I should have let you go. Uh, y'all y'all need to practice for your, your part in this musical thing here. I've got, a, I've got a word I need to add to that. Well, go ahead. I've got a word I want to add. First of all, it's great to be here. Sid and I were passing through, and uh, the father landed us right here in Starkville this morning. So anyway, what you're talking about, the, uh, the battleship, yeah. do you realize how far those shells can be lobbed off of that battleship oh. with accuracy? Hey, the father was just showing me that the people you send out of here is very accurate, very precise, and you can sit from this location and fire shells into the enemy camp miles and miles away. So anyway, just the father had that to share with you. About. Good word, Roy. Thank you. Amen? If you receive that, clap. Come on. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Roy. Roy speaks prophetically. Um, so, y'all, one other thing I want to throw out there to you on this one-on-one -on -one for one. The Lord gave this to me back in the 80s, and we used this. Uh, it's one American with one international student for one hour a week. Last time we had folks sign up for it, but it didn't, uh, didn't go so well because we didn't get people to actually sign up from the international community. So if you're there on Friday night, no. While you're there on Friday night, make sure that you strategically say to them, it only takes one hour a week, 
And it's going to be practicing your English, but you'll go through the Gospel of John. And there's instructions on how to do this. It tells what the plan is on the front and on the back. It, it tells you what you spend that hour doing. It's on the table out there. Y'all, in one year, we baptized over 20 Chinese students here in Starkville from using this program. All right? So if you, if Isaac Buckner, could you come up here, please? Carter and Isaac were talking. I'm just kidding. I'm asking him to come up here. Isaac, what happened with you with international? He's graduated now and lives in Vicksburg, but I'm so glad that he comes back here on the weekend some. But can you tell us what happened with you with international students in your last year or years? Do you want me to just know that? Um, so uh, <clears throat> I'll say that I owe probably about half of my GPA to um, these international students that I became friends with. Um, they uh, they were in one of my classes, and, and um, it was Rohit, Hikmat, and, and Nim, and they're from Nepal. And I just got to talking with them uh, on the way back to my car one day, and they were like, I was like, so have y'all, how long have y'all been here? And they're like, oh, about eight years. And I was like, cool. I was like, have y'all been into a, a um, American home yet? And they're like, no, we actually haven't. I was like, what? You've been here for eight years and not been into an American home before? And, um, like, they were asking me all these questions about, like, hunting and fishing and all this stuff that um, that is kind of really rooted in the culture of the South. And, uh um, and then I was like, have you ever had deer meat? And they're like, no, we haven't. We would love to. And they're telling me about all the things that they eat in Nepal. And, um, anyways, ended up inviting them over to, uh, to the house for dinner one night. And, um, they, uh, it became a friendship that lasted, it still lasts to this day. I keep up with them. Um, uh, gave them each a, a cowbell with a Nepali flag on it. Um, whenever they graduated, they, they didn't get a cowbell, um, whenever they came here and, uh, one of them gave me a Nepali knife. Um, I can't remember what it's called, a Kuthri knife. Um, I keep it on my, uh, displayed on my um, entertainment center back in, in Vicksburg. And, um, yeah, they're just very dear friends to me. And it's crazy you don't realize how many. It's not the only group of international students that, that, I, that I encountered that had never been into an American home and never gotten to experience American culture. And um, they come here to be immersed in our culture, and they kind of some, sometimes just don't even get that experience. So, I was getting a mic so I could ask you a question. You answered every question I had. That was great. Amen? Amen. Say, look, folks, they are scared to talk to us because they think they can't communicate, and we're scared to talk to them because we think that we can't communicate with them. Look, let's be strategic. Let's go for it. If we are a mission church, let's get ready this Friday, and let's launch into this. All hands on deck. Right? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So... Uh, if you've got questions about it, go to Hannah. She's the point person for this. And uh, we're going to decorate this place and have a blast and, uh, and be strategic for the kingdom. Brent Wyman, you ready? Father, thank you for Brent Wyman, and thank you for speaking to him and through him so many times. Uh, and, Lord, to just ask that you would give us ears to hear what you're saying and that your will be accomplished this day through our brother Brent, in Jesus' name. Thank you, John. 
Mary Cameron, I've got my phone up here if you need to text me. So tell me, tell me what I need to do. We got it. We got a, a battleship and got a marine up here. How about that? <laughs> How y'all doing? Could y'all sense the presence of the Lord this morning? Because it doesn't matter if you couldn't, he was here. Uh, we'll start off with a uh, couple of reminders about some, some truth about the Bible. So, is the Bible the absolute authority of the words of God? Yes. Is it absolute truth? Do we submit the truth of the word to our experience? No. You got it backwards. Do we submit the truth of the word to what we are experiencing? Or do we sit, submit our, what we are experiencing to the truth of the word? There we go. That's right. I got my tongue tangled up. Something that, uh, something that Johnny has taught me to pray, and I, I pray it. Um, he taught me to pray, God, take us where we've never been before. I'm praying that for us. Take us where we've never been before. Do you want to go there where you've never been before with him? The Lord, is uh, he's taken me into something new, and he has been taking me into something new. And um, let's go together. I've been seeing a... I've been getting a lot of breakthrough lately, and um, and let's uh, I want to I want to bring us all in in on that. Um, let's look at uh, let's look at John fourteen. These are some of the best chapters in the Bible, right here. Take us where we've never gone before. Let's start at verse 6. Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Is there still somebody that needs to get saved? Jesus is saying to you, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the light. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way to God except through Jesus. If, if you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Lord, says Philip, Show us the Father, and that's enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been among you this whole time without you knowing me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? 
Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who lives in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Are you all ready to start submitting your experience to the Word of God? I assure you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And he will do even greater works than these because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. That's some, that's some pretty weighty stuff. Um, and th- this is this is something that uh, I I don't hear a whole, I've never heard anybody preach about this very much in my life because I think there's a uh, well my experience doesn't line up with what Jesus said so I can't preach on that. But y'all, we're pressing in and we're going for it. If my experience does not line up with the Word of God, I'm submitting my experience to the Word of God. I'm, 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 I'm living in faith and I'm believing that my experience will live, live in alignment to the kingdom of heaven. All right, so Jesus came to show us the Father. When we look at Jesus' life, we can look at that and we can say, this is what the Father is like. What Jesus does is the absolute perfect will of God. Whatever Jesus says, that is what is actually on the Father's heart. What Jesus does, that's actually what the Father is doing. everything that Jesus revealed to us is the fullness of the Father's heart. Let me say that one more time. Everything that Jesus revealed to us is the fullness of the Father's heart. So I want to challenge our, uh, our thinking here. Y'all, y'all ready? Because yeah. I like to, you know, I like to challenge the way that you think. That's what I like doing. I like being challenged in the way that I think too. Um, I think we need to be much more careful in what we say with our lips. We need we need to be much more aware of what we're actually uh, saying with our mouths. Um, do you have excuses? for why God didn't answer your prayers. Do you excuse your experience as, well, it just, it just wasn't the will of God that, that he get healed? Or God works in mysterious ways. It was... Um, 
it was just his timing that we that we lost this loved one too soon. Maybe it just wasn't in God's plan that our family get restored. Or I just didn't have enough faith. God's ways are higher than my ways, right? The Lord, maybe you said the Lord is teaching me a lesson through this, through this sickness. And for some of you, hearing some of this stuff is, is really painful uh, stuff to hear. So um, I want you to know that I feel that pain myself. I've said these things, and I felt the pain of, of not experiencing the breakthrough. And um, of not experiencing what God has said in his word. But um, I would suggest to you that God does not work in mysterious ways. I would suggest to you that we know what God's will is and we know what his purpose is. We know the Father's heart because Jesus came and revealed his heart. Jesus revealed what is on his heart and what is on his mind, and we know. We know what he wants. So let me prove it to you. Go to John chapter 15. I think let's just, let's just start in verse 14. I don't have enough time to, uh, to go into the context of what's before and after this, but so we're just going to look at, look at this, okay? So for, John 15, verse 14. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants anymore because a servant does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my father. So stop saying that God works in mysterious ways because Jesus said, I have made known to you everything I have heard from my Father. All right, verse 15. I do not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends. Because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my Father. So everything that you see in me is everything that is in the Father. Everything that you have heard me say is everything that my Father has said. Everything that you have seen me do is everything that the Father does. I've made known to you everything on my father's heart and you're no longer servants you are now friends so let me give you an example of what that looks like i've got a uh i've got a couple of of old friends from a long time ago and it's really important to me that i bless them they're they're coming in town they're coming to see me i really want to bless them i want to give them some good southern cooking so i take them to a uh so I take them to a restaurant, and 
the waiter there, he comes and I tell him what I want. I tell him what I want to order. I tell them what, what to drink, give us refills. But he has absolutely no clue what's on my heart. He has no clue that I want to really bless these friends of mine. He has no clue that these are important people in my life that I really want to, to bless them and serve them. The waiter is a servant. He's just obeying my commands. But let's say that I have these two friends coming in, old friends that I love dearly and I miss and I want to bless them and and take care of them. So I say, um, hey, Rob, I've got these, these two friends coming in and they are very dear to my heart. I really want to bless them. I want to show them some uh, some good southern hospitality. And you make this really awesome soup. I can't remember what it's called, but it's really good. And um, can you can you make that soup for for us? Okay. Now, Rob says absolutely. I would. L- I understand that that you want to to bless these friends. I understand that you want to show them some good southern hospitality. I would love to do that. Now, Rob is not just obeying my commands. He's partnering with me because he's my friend. He knows what's on my heart. He knows what's on my mind. He knows what I want. He's a friend. He's not a servant. That's, that's, that's the difference. Jesus is not telling us, go do these commands without understanding why. He showed us the Father, and he said, this is who the Father is, and I'm inviting you to partner with me in this. Not just, a, not just to obey, but I'm inviting you to partner. Does that make sense? Yeah. Hmm. So Jesus gave us access to everything in the Father's heart and everything in the Father's mind. I'm going somewhere uh, very, very specific. Um, I, I want I say this because I want to look at um, I want to look at Jesus's ministry. Just as a whole, um, and I want my experiences here on Earth to be aligned with what Jesus showed us. Uh, Bill Johnson says that Jesus is perfect theology. I, I love I love that that line. Jesus is perfect theology. We can look at Jesus and we can recognize He is perfect theology. He revealed perfectly who the Father is. Okay, come on. You lost me at the beginning. All right. Because saying God doesn't work in a mysterious way, I was thinking, wait a minute, that's scripture. Anybody else have that feeling? 
God works in a mysterious way. He has wonders to perform. And I've been sitting over here Googling that, and I just found out that's not scripture. That's a hymn. <laughs> Isn't that wild? It's a hymn from the 1700s from a man that tried to commit suicide three times, and three times he said that a hand, an invisible hand, stopped him from doing that. And he put into words his experience. God, God moves in a mysterious way his wonders to perform. Uh, something about he rides upon the storm. That's, that's all in him. And so that was revelation to me. I kind of checked out at the beginning. I was going, wait a minute. God does work in a mysterious way. There is mystery, and we're supposed to speak the, the gospel of, uh, the my mystery of the gospel. But the truth is, Jesus is the revelation of who God is. I was thinking, maybe it's in the Old Testament, and so Jesus is a fulfillment of it, and we can find him. But y'all, it is not in the scripture. God moves in a mysterious way is not a Bible verse. How about that? <laughs> so I don't know if you were struggling with this, but I've been sitting over going, now, Brent, I love you, and you're an elder, and I'm going to be careful about correcting you, and I just got corrected the second time. <laughs> I told you I was going to try to change the way we think. I was about to come out and correct you back with second, with First Corinthians two. I thought you were going to correct me, <laughs> and then I was going to come correct you back. Um, let me go there. But as as it is, is this First Corinthians two nine? I don't know if we I don't know if we have that on the on the thing or not. What no eye has seen and no ear has heard. What has never come into a man's heart, what is, what is what God has prepared for those who love him. Now God has revealed them to us by the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the concerns of a man except the spirit of a man that is in him? In the same way, no one knows the concerns of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, in order to know freely what has freely been given to us by God. And in verse 16 it says, it quotes the Old Testament. It says, Who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Ah. So good. So, where am I going with it? I don't know, Lord. Where am I going? <laughs> I want to look at a. Um, let's look at a. Um, let's look at Jesus's ministry. Let's look at Acts ten thirty eight. So this is a Peter is telling um, telling the gospel and the and the the, uh, the testimony. 
he's sharing it to um, to the house of Cornelius. And then just, just in verse 38, we'll look at it. Let's look at 37. You know the events that took place throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and curing all who were under the tyranny of the devil, because God was with him. So, when Peter says, here's what, here's what Jesus' life looked like, he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil because he was filled with the Spirit and he was filled with power. God was with him. Now, are you filled with Spirit? Yes. Are you filled with power? Yes. Is God with you? Yes. Let's go to... Uh, Let's go to Matthew chapter 8. Eight verse four, start at 14. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. So he touched her hand and the fever left her. Then she got up and began to serve him. When the evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he drove out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were sick. Can you say all? He healed all who were sick so that what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. He himself took our weaknesses and he carried our diseases. So what do, what do, I, what do I always tell you whenever we come across an Old Testament quote? Go back and look at it, yes. So that is a quote from Isaiah. Let's go back and look at Isaiah, see what Isaiah says. So this is in Isaiah 53. All right, let's look at uh, Isaiah 53, verses 3 through 6. So, he, the, so this prophecy, this is a... Um, this is a, um, a a messianic prophecy about Jesus, about uh, about his crucifixion, about his sacrifice, about what he was going to do to uh, to pay for our salvation. All right, all right. Who's familiar with Isaiah fifty three? All right. So let's look at a uh, let's look at verse three. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like one people turned away from. He was despised, and we didn't value him. He's talking about Jesus. Yet he himself bore our sicknesses, and he carried our pains. But we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our transgressions. He was crushed because of our iniquities. 
the punishment for our peace was upon him, and we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We have all turned away to our own way, and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. Let's look at let's look at ten through twelve as well. Yet the Lord was pleased to crush him, and he made him sick. When you make him a restitution offering, he will see his seed, he will prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will succeed by his hand. He will see it out of out of his anguish, and he will be satisfied with his knowledge. My righteous servant will justify many, and he will carry their iniquities. Therefore I will give him the many as a portion, and he will receive the mighty as a spoil, because he has submitted himself to death and was counted among the rebels. Yet he bore the sin of many and interceded for the rebels. Okay, so I wanted to get all bogged down in the uh, in the in the Hebrew language and start start digging through it and 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 look at that, but um, but let's just look at a. Uh, Let's just look at plainly what it says uh, in verse 4. He himself bore our sickness, and he carried away our pains. In And this is all in the same, same area where Jesus was punished for our redemption and for our spirits. Jesus came not only to restore spirits, not just a third of us. He came to restore spirit, soul, and body. And um, and I believe that we that is something that we can we can see and experience. We can we can bring our experience up to the word of what the word of God says. We can bring it into alignment with what the word of God says. Uh, verse five. The punishment for our peace was upon him, and we are healed by his wounds. The uh, one of the things that that uh, that a lot of people don't realize is I I believe that Jesus could have purchased our salvation if um, if someone just took a sword and and struck him in the heart and killed him like that. That would have purchased our salvation. But why was Jesus flogged? And beaten. Uh, actually, in this chapter, it says that uh, that he was beaten so bad that it was, it was you couldn't even recognize him as a man. Why? Why did he have to endure the the torment and the suffering and and all of that? What he was doing is he was purchasing our healing. He was purchasing our um, our restoration in our bodies. That's what was happening when he when he. On that day, when he went through all of the suffering, all of the torment, he was purchasing our whole redemption, not just a ticket to heaven. We could experience his kingdom here. We could experience his life here. We could experience his spirit here and now. Um, how are y'all doing? Great. Great? Okay. All right.
because I'm struggling. <laughs> um, I'm just, I'm struggling. I don't know. Grant, you're dropping some deep stuff, bro. All right. And you got, this happened to me, the middle one. You know, I, I did the three Sundays, and this happened to me in the middle one. And uh, somebody, I can't remember who it was, came up to me afterwards, and were like, you got to recognize that you've been chewing on this for a while, and so now it's becoming kind of second nature to you. For us, we're all chewing on it for the first time. So, um, one of the things that I'm, that I'm wanting to do is, uh, okay. One of the things I'm wanting to do is lay a, uh, lay, lay some of the, just lay some of the initial foundational thinking about healing. Um, because yes, I believe that we all know that God can heal and he has the ability to heal. But now, um, some of us may not understand that God wants to heal me, okay? Or, um, or maybe God isn't. Maybe God is teaching me something through this sickness. Okay, so I just want to tear that apart. And sickness is never from God. It is. It is. It is from the enemy, and God will never place sickness on us to teach us a lesson or to, um, or to. Uh, build up our endurance or, or, or anything that we try to excuse. Um, I think we'll go further into um, the, uh, what Jesus came to reveal later on. Um, but I, I did want to establish this um, sickness is not from God. And Jesus, is it, it, the word says that the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. And anything that steals, kills, and destroys is from the enemy. And it also says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. So we can walk in confidence that whatever is stealing and killing and destroying in my life, Jesus, he actually came to destroy that. What you got? <clears throat> I think uh, you've got a few Sundays you're teaching, right? Uh, at least one. Well, and, and not just this Sunday. I mean, you're coming back like next Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think I think I told Brent I was in the background. Brent, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning this morning thinking my phone was ringing and it wasn't. It was on Don't Disturb, and I looked at it and there was a message from Brent. And he asked me to, to be praying about a situation. He'd been up all night. And um, uh, we have been discussing this morning whether he was giving preach. And I said, I'm always loaded for bear. So I'm ready. I'm in the background. So um, we've been thinking there might be some tag teaming going on. But I, I, think, I think we're at a point of closure on the teaching part here. And I think what we need to do is receive from you the mandate to go out there and actually do the work. And, um, and I, I'd like to put an exc- exclamation point on this by saying that scripture, God moves in, a, that scripture, that song, God moves in a mysterious way, his wonders to perform. Uh, folks on live stream have been texting me <laughs> and uh, they pointed me to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, and says, we are, we are managers of the mystery of God. And I said, 
He's the secret things of God are revealed to us. And he said, yes, so that we can reveal them to the lost. It's all revealed in Jesus. Now, some of the things that Brent is saying right now, even about healing, may ring your bell a little bit. It may just shake you enough to ask some questions. But I think what we get from this is that we need to go out in the power of the Holy Spirit and be ready to pray for folks that come to us looking for uh, answers. And I, I think we need to be aggressive about that, praying into that. He's made some bold statements here that he will unpack in the weeks. Okay. We don't go out waiting just for the people to come. We need to go out looking for who he has put us in front of or put in front of us. And when we do that, we're going to see him move. Can you give us an example of that, Josiah? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was at the gas station the other day, uh, Wednesday night, and I walked in, and it was crowded. And there was a lady that the Lord showed that I was supposed to pray for for healing, and I told him no, and I tried to go on about my business at the gas station, and he kept saying, no, pray for that lady, and there, if y'all remember, there was a time, I, middle week, where I shut him down, and I was like, actually, you know what, I don't want to do that again, so I paid for my gas, and on my way out, I was like, hey, what'd you do, because she had her arm in, her sling, in a sling and a cast, and I was like, what'd you do, and she told me, and uh, she had broken her arm in 2006, they put pins in her arms, the pin slipped three weeks ago and split her bone and they had to go back in and do surgery two weeks ago. And she, she's like two weeks out from having major surgery on her arm, arm in a cast. And I was like, well, can I pray for you? And then the lady behind the counter was like, oh, pray for me too. And then, so I started praying and like a dude walks in, takes his hat off while I'm praying because he sees that I'm praying. And uh, I, I'm so embarrassed and I'm like, well, you're, you know, I can't even remember everything I said to the lady, but I basically said, um, you know, you're good, you're healed in the name of Jesus. And she said, okay, well, I got a doctor's appointment tomorrow to check out my arm. And I was like, okay, I'm telling you, the doctor's going to be amazed. And I leave. And I'm like, wait, I need this testimony. So I go back and I give her my phone number. And then I wait all the next day for her to call me and tell me what the doctor said. And by like four o'clock, I haven't heard from her. Like, I guess she forgot or nothing happened. And 30 seconds later, my phone rings and I'm like, I don't know who this is, but nope, it's the lady. So I answer it. And she's like, you won't believe it. They took my cast off. I ain't got to go to therapy. I was supposed to have my cast on for even longer. I don't have to go to therapy. I don't have to do any of the stuff that I was supposed to have to do. I've literally, the doctors were amazed. And so... Yeah, if you're looking, if you go waiting for it, she wasn't going to come up to me and ask me to pray for her. If you go looking for who God has put in your path, then you're going to see him move and testimonies will happen. So that's good. So Paul says, pray that a door will, of opportunity will be open for me. That's what we're looking for. We're not just looking for people that are coming to us. Look for the door of opportunity for you to step through and speak with grace and so yeah, yeah, that we would have confidence to step through that door. That's right. Hey, uh, y'all, I think some folks in this room have actually been sucker punched by the enemy. And you need to take back some ground. Uh, I don't think it's gotten to the desperation point, point that several in the past couple of weeks have given me. I've had leaders call me and say, will you pray for me? Our divorce is going to be final at this time. 
And, and, and I'm, I'm, you know, it's kind of shocking to, to hear those words. Didn't even know they would be coming. And we're talking about from multiple places, different locations and, and uh, not really connected. And, and I think the enemy hits us in, in our relationships. And if anybody's having some relationship struggles right now, make sure that you recognize that the person that you're struggling with is not the enemy. It, the enemy is the one that is messing up communications. And, and there's probably some ways of, of checking with each other, just saying, hey, this is what I heard, or this is what I felt when you said or did whatever it is. Is that what you meant for me to hear and meant for me to feel? And, you know, I think a lot could be cleared up with, with uh, uh, just having those kind of conversations. But I, I feel like the people are, some folks are being, are struggling with relationships. And, 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 and you might just need to have a fresh commitment in your heart that when you feel something towards somebody else because of what they've said or what they've done, that, that you will have short accounts with them, that you'll go to them and say, hey, this is what I felt. I'm not sure that this is what you meant. Will you help me to understand? Okay? Do you hear what I'm saying? I just release that over you in the name of Jesus to be proactive in your relationships. The enemy is trying to tear us down, tear our relationships down, and God is wanting to bring healing and restoration, reconciliation. Don't put up with the enemy tearing down relationships between you and in particular other believers. Amen? Short accounts. Everybody say short accounts. That's right. Just pray the grace of God over you as, as you look to see reconciliation in relationships. Restoration there in relationships. And by the way, you can't be a a godly relationship. You can only be a godly part of it. As much lies in within you, do what you can to be at peace with all men. Yeah. When Johnny was asking earlier, I just felt like fear. Fear would hold some people back because maybe you're even perceived to be a Christian. Maybe you've given that people have had that thought of you but you know deep inside that that's not something that you've done you know there's not been that moment and so don't let fear hold you back of what people will think that's just the enemy trying to keep that chain around your ankle and keep you in that stationary place don't let fear hold you back from coming to that place where you recognize that Jesus is Lord that you want him to be Lord of your life so don't let your reputation hold you back from that Somebody, somebody that needs to respond to that and say, that fear's not going to hold me back any longer. So today, I'm calling out to God for salvation. He came to set the captive free. He came to bind up the brokenhearted. This morning, freedom is for all of us. And I couldn't help but thinking about Braveheart. And you remember the scene where they shout out, Freedom! And sometimes it takes us stepping into that place, changing our posture, changing our mindset, and calling out and saying, God, I want freedom. So this morning, if you've come in here and you're bound up, we're singing that song, um, it feels like, I wanted to say, it feels like I'm surrounded. Not just, it may look like, it feels like. Sometimes we feel like we're overwhelmed. We feel like we're bound up. We feel like we're the captive. And it takes us being willing enough to say, freedom! 
And so this morning, I just want to encourage you, if you need freedom, shout it out. Don't just be passive and think it's going to happen. You have to claim what is yours. He came to set you free. He came to set you free. So claim it this morning. Shout it out. Say, yes, God, I want freedom. The service begins now. Let's go get them.